Broadcast Network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after-show entertainment. AfterBuzz TV, the destination for TV superfans. Producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows. Interviewing celebrities and showrunners. And bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! All right, AfterBuzzers, thank you for tuning in for a very special edition of The Voice Of here at AfterBuzz TV. I'm your host, Stephen Lemieux, and joining me today is a very special guest that connected through Twitter <laughs> by happenstance. Somehow this came to be. We have Roger Craig Smith in the studio. Hello. Great to have you. Great to be here. Thank you. If you haven't heard of Roger Craig Smith, you've definitely heard Roger Craig Smith. Ah, nice. <laughs> I know. It's, it took about you know a week to think of that one. Nice. Well done. Well done. <laughs> Thank you. And I, no I, no cards or anything. No no cards. I, I, I mean, if I got, you haven't I got these. heard of Stephen Lemieux, you've definitely heard of him. That would be... Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I, mean, need the, I need the script. Nobody's heard of me. Sorry. It's cool. Well it's done, cool. man. I'm, I'm like one of those guys. <laughs> <laughs> Off the cuff. So thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Um, I'm really excited to talk to you because it's it's not often you get to talk to somebody who's on both sides of the fence with Marvel and DC. Oh, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, you know, <laughs> we, we can't talk about that. Yeah, exactly. you don't, yeah, yeah. Don't no idea, yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. So which side do you like more? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, 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 exactly. That's what we're start having is buzz. awesome, man. This is great. It's nice um, and warm. <laughs> it's cold! <laughs> Shout out to Phil. <laughs> Tastes great. Well, so cool. I want to talk about your early life really quick before we kind of dive into the voices and all the characters you play. So you're born in Michigan. You're raised in Tustin, California. Yep. Um you know, I read that you're always the class clown, but what kind of like spurred that on to you realizing like, hey, people find me funny? I don't, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know if it, I really don't know where it sort of started. I think I just enjoyed, um, I, I probably like a, a lot of people who like delved into comedy at some point in their life. It was the, I can affect change. I can, I can change your mood or get a reaction from you, which I think kind of, you know, kind of fueled me on, but, um, I can remember the very first thing I ever remember doing in a in a in a play sense or that kind of thing was a uh, 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 it was probably kindergarten might have even been preschool but I think it was like a kindergarten production of Charlotte's Web and uh, and there was it was just I mean it was one of those things where it's like it's just a bunch of kids who like dance around in a circle and they they learn some sort of choreography but they gave one speaking line to one of the kids and it was because I think it was done as like a musical or something that we were like dancing around a pre-recorded music and then it was just they they had one speaking line and they let uh it was with a microphone and they let me do the line and so they gave me this microphone and i did a you know i probably just screamed into it you know mr zuckerman you're going to the fair or something like that right <laughs> and that was the start i think i probably got a laugh and then from that point on i think i realized like oh if i can make adults laugh and kids laugh and so then it was just from there just being a, a just a goofball and i a lot of my friends were goofballs and we were all just kind of you know, uh, quirky, weird, you know, funky, you know, uh, like goofballs. And, and it, I, I don't know what, um, I don't know if there was a, a drive or desire to, to turn it into a career or anything like that. I just thought like, well, this is fun. Sure makes, you know, getting through history class a little bit more, uh, enjoyable if you can disrupt it in some way. And make your teachers uh, hate you. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, or, that's, or love you. Depends. I mean, it was like, yeah. usually the teachers that I got along with are the ones that would like put me in my place. And, uh, you know, uh, there was a Mrs. Radley, Mrs. Radley from, uh, from high school that, that, w- I, you know, I was a, I was a drummer, so I was always tapping, my feet were always bouncing, I was always, you know, and to this day I'm still that nervous energy, 
um, and I remember like tapping something, and she'd probably told me to shut up a couple of times already. And then finally, she just is at the chalkboard. She had this very distinct voice, and she turned around and just put it down and just said, "Mr. Smith, did your parents meet at a family reunion?" And it was like all of a sudden, it took me a second to get it. Every other kid in the class gets it, and I'm cracking up, going like, "Oh, I like you!" you know? And we got along great. I mean, I some teachers just didn't didn't like it, but uh, the ones that could kind of go toe to toe with me, I think that that was where uh, we had a nice connection and. I, I think it's interesting that. that you say that, like, you have a connection with the teacher saying that, when nowadays if a teacher said that, she'd probably oh, get she'd be fired. fired. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah she'd be it's fired. crazy. There's, it's nuts. I mean, like, I'm starting to feel old when I just start thinking, like, you know, yeah, I had tests that were graded in the color red. What? But that's a negative color. What if you hurt their feelings? You know, it's, yeah. yeah I mean, a, I went to Catholic school for a year, so trust me. Oh, nice. There you we, go. Did we you know get the it. ruler on the top of the hand and all oh, that man, stuff? Oh, yeah. man. Everything. You know there it you all. Go. Yeah, yeah. And I'm young, and I'm, like, yeah, even well, then. Well, thank goodness it's still there, right? Right? Yeah, I know a little <laughs> bit. So um, I want to skip ahead. So you're, you're you're in history class. You're getting along with some teachers. Some of them hate you. But then you go to Chapman Chapman University yeah, and you yeah. get a degree in screenwriting. Yeah. How does like okay? So you're the funny guy, but where does screenwriting come in? Was it just like you wanted to film videos with your friends? No. Or? You know what? I th- I think it comes from. I think I looked at acting and trying to. I didn't want to. I had gone through theater arts in high school, and I and I think I went and kind of even just observed the theater program and just went. I don't. I, at this age too, I was also I was transferring at a much older age than most of the other students. So the notion of being like a twenty-five year old in a class with a bunch of eighteen-year-olds and trying mm. to perform with them, I was like, this is going to be weird. It's not going. I'm not going to fit in in that way. And I just I didn't have the. Uh, I didn't have that drive that much anymore, and uh, and so I wasn't I wasn't ready to like be that that form of a ham. I don't know why, but it just struck me as like this is going to make this next two years like really long, and uh, and so I thought, well, the film school that's another blend of like really things that that intrigue me. I had been doing stand up comedy at the time, and so I went in and and talked to a counselor, and he started suggesting suggesting majors. And uh, at one point, it was, you know, writing and directing. And I said, oh, okay, cool. And I said, you know, what what's involved with that? And he says, well, usually you'll you'll write a screenplay, and then you direct it, and you fund it, and you do all this. And I was like, on the funding part. <laughs> I was like, how, how, how does that work? And uh, he said, oh, yeah, most students, they do it for anywhere from 5000 to $25,000 worth of, you know, their own money. Or they, fu- yeah, they, they find financing and that kind of thing. And, There's no Kickstarter back then. Yeah, no kidding. Well, I mean, Twitter and social media was barely beginning. Uh, well, I mean, Twitter didn't even exist. I'm just saying, like, you know, social media was like AOL, you know, chat lines and things like that. Um, but no, so I, I asked him, like, wow, okay, because I was thinking, that's a nightmare for me. I'm never going to be able to make that, raise that kind of money to do this. What, what about uh, what about just writing? And he said, yeah, yeah, screenwriting. And I said, what's involved with that? He said, you have to write two screenplays. I said, and what does that cost? I don't know. What's a ream of paper cost? And I was like, <laughs> I'm going to go for that. And I, I think it really, I'm, th- that's, I'm kind of joking, but I'm also somewhat serious. But I, I think it, it just, I knew that with doing stand-up at the time and writing my own material, and having started to love that, um, I thought, well, maybe this is a good blend of all the things that I've enjoyed that I could monetize. I mean, I really, I was trying to find a way of I got to get my butt in gear and get a get a career sense of something going because I was just sort of like directionless and I was kind of floating around, kind of going, I don't know, I was the fu- I was the funny guy, I'm the former funny kid, and and now I've got perspective and I can talk about real world stuff but what do I do with that you know because in high school what are you going to do I mean, yeah. everybody's like you should go do stand up and you're like what am I going to talk about you know like fart well, sounds and you know like you kind of don't realize it can be a career no well yeah nothing feels like it could be a career back then I mean the irony is that now I, I still do fart sounds like even at 39 but but back then I think I was looking at it going like nobody will find it funny they still don't it doesn't stop me but uh, no I, I, I don't think it, it, it didn't feel real like it was just something like that's what 
that's what people who are born to do this do. Or, you know, you, you just you don't have the sense of I can go do that and make a living doing it or earn money doing it or be professional because I'm just this dorky high school kid, you know. Um, but, I, you know, so later on, I thankfully got rid of that mentality and started trying it and doing it once I was a little bit older and then went to college and, and got in there and trying to pick out a major. I just went, oh, well, how about this screenwriting thing? And I loved it. I, I loved being just kind of sitting in my apartment for hours on end till four or five in the morning, just, you know, staring at a, at a screenplay and coming up with this world and creating characters and voices. And, and it was, uh, so it kind of, it kind of fit really well. And the, the irony is how all of those things kind of like shaped and, and have influenced and helped me in what I do now. Do you think I, the stand-up, like, because stand-up comedians face rejection every day. Yep. And entering this industry in Hollywood of, like, no place else, it's rejection every day. You get a lot Absolutely. of no's. You get a lot of, even now, yeah. as an established voice actor, you probably get ten no's for every yes you get. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, every time I watch TV or listen to the radio, you, you hear, that. yeah, you hear what you didn't book. You go like, I remember auditioning for that. Those weren't the specs. You know, you just go like, they said guy next door. You know, matter of fact, and that guy's out there going, do you like to blah blah? And you're like, no, it was, but yeah. It's, well, what's interesting about your voice and listening to it is that, like, talking to you now, you'd never know some of the characters that you've played. Oh, interesting. That's good. Because you sound 15, 16 when you're playing Sonic. You sound nice. like just the, I'm a rambunctious teenager. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and it's, it's, it, it caught me so off guard when nice. I was just researching some of this because I knew some of your work, but when looking through like all your credits and trying to find all these YouTube videos and listen to little clips, I'm yeah, just yeah. like, Damn, I didn't know half of this stuff. That's the, be- that's the best part of my job, too. It's it's one of the reasons why I think I was looking at more like being behind the camera, you know, as, as a major in college, because I just found myself thinking, I don't know, I, I'm i not going to, I mean, I was, I still cut my own hair. <laughs> it's like, I'm still very, very lazy. I was laughing. I, I tweeted out, you know, man, I got to go pick out a shirt. And I'm sure I've worn this exact same shirt on some other interview at some point. But I, I was, I was definitely finding myself, you know, wanting to be a, a part of a production team. And and being responsible for the creation of the content, not necessarily just the execution of it, and so therefore I, I started looking at all these other things, going, well, maybe maybe the screenwriting would work. Um, and voiceover turned out to be one of those things where, uh, you know, I, it doesn't matter what I look like. I mean, it's how I sound, and can I can I act with my voice? And you know, because God knows nobody would hire me for half the roles that I've actually portrayed. That if they were based in any sort of reality, I don't look anything like a lot of the characters. You don't have horns in your head. No, you're I don't. Not, you're exactly. not I'm not an actual blue Crusader? hedgehog. I, no, no. Oh. Yeah, surprising. I mean, well, as far as you know. Oh, let me let me just. He's got okay. the oh, there, I, see, got it. There it is. Got it. Okay. Oh man, it's, it's steamy. You know. Yeah, in here, I, in just, I couldn't really tell. Um, so <laughs> I want to ask, like, what it, a lot of the. Uh, a lot of things that hold people back in this industry is kind of when they're moving into it, when they want to get out on their own and become an actor, become a voice actor, is kind of what their parents would think of it. So what what was your what was kind of your family situation moving into this industry? Were they very supportive or were they kind of like, ah, have fun with that? I you know what I, I don't really know. I don't know if there was any sort of trepidation on their part with with me kind of pursuing it when I was younger or not. I I don't know. Um, I would imagine, you know, it's a weird town. I, I think my mom told me a story about we got approached when I was much, much younger, when I was probably like five or six, somewhere in there. 
and she said that, that she was approached by somebody who who was interested in, in getting me into commercials and all that kind of stuff. And she had said no. She she thought, no, nah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do that because I think she looked at it like the industry. And, and there was there's no shortage of examples of a lot of people who go into this industry at a young age, and unless they have a really solid family foundation, sometimes and even then there are influences outside True. influences that are that they are bombarded with. Um, I don't know I don't know how you know I can't imagine it. I wouldn't want my kid. <laughs> doing it at a young age. I really wouldn't. It, it's like, uh, not that I have kids, but I'm just saying, like, it, it to me is like, it's a really difficult, I mean, unless you had at least one or two parents that could be there to monitor everything, you just see how, as young adults, it kind of really can kind of mess with them. Um, so, you know, uh, I think there might have been a little protection, but I think they also saw that it's like, it's something that I really, really dug doing. Um and it, and it was all just different things. I mean, I spoke at my eighth grade graduation. I spoke at my high school graduation. Um, it was it wasn't just performing. It was wanting to just kind of be out in front of people and in, and kind of help make memories with friends and that kind of thing, um, which sounds noble. But I you know I think there was still a little bit of the please like me you know element behind <laughs> that stuff. But yeah, I, I would assume there was probably some hesitation on their part. But then I think they saw that it's like I could I could do this and I was I was you know excelling in it. Um, in comparison to some of the other kids my age. So it was one of those things where I think they thought, yeah, okay, let them, let them kind of go. But I'm sure they were looking at it like, well, who's he hanging out with? And where are they going tonight? And who's all going to be there? And, uh, and which adults are there? And, you know, that kind of thing. We saw a bunch of used microphone wrappers in his room yeah. last night. <laughs> well, none, none of this stuff, that was never, like, voiceover was never on my my radar as a kid. Hmm. But this happened, this literally happened as a result of just doing stand-up and, and hearing more and more. I, I've told this story many times, but it's, it all started because I just was doing stand-up and I, uh, on the advice of my high school theater arts instructor, Miss um, Laurie, Jan Laurie, she said, um, you should, uh, you sh-. I went to, back to high school. As an adult, I went back, called her up and I said, hey, I'm thinking about doing stand-up and I want to run it, uh, get, I'll run, a, run some of my material against somebody who knows me and will give me criticism. And so I, I met her after school at the school in our old little theater where we used to perform in high school. And uh, and I did this material that I had, and she, you know, just for her, right? So mm-hmm. I'm doing stand up on the stage, and she we get done, and she's like, mm-hmm. So do you want me to be honest, or do you want me to uh, to to be nice? And then I I went be honest, and then she said, where are your characters? Where are the voices and characters that you conjure up? She said, that's all you did huh. through junior high and high school. It was character acting. You you like to take on little different personas, and yet you're not doing that. You're just doing run-of-the-mill observational comedy. And she says, I think there's a million guys out there that do that, and you can do this differently. And I went, oh. And she said, yeah, instead of making fun of something, become that character, and let's laugh with you or at you in that way. And I went, oh, okay. Started doing voices and characters in my act. Kept developing that. Kept developing developing that. Heard more people say, "Hey, you know, you do a lot of characters and voices in your act. You know, have you ever thought about voiceover?" And I kept hearing more and more about that, and less uh, of the, uh, the the "Hey, you're really great at stand up. You should, you know, <laughs> come do my club." You became was, known for something it, else. Well, it was just more like more people were saying, "Like, you think you might bark up a different tree?" <laughs> so I I finally, you know, just I, I I had heard it so many times. I finally just went, "All right." And there was finally one professional in the industry. We were auditioning for the Aspen Comedy Festival, and she had. The woman that was there to, to, to basically, uh, to give us the yes or no said no, but said, hey, who represents you for voiceover? And I went, uh, nobody. And she said, you got a great voice and you do a lot of characters. You should totally look into it. I went, okay. And like the next week, I just started Googling classes and stuff like that. Oh, wow. But yeah, so it's, I mean, all those things kind of led me to what this, you know, to, to, to this stuff. So, so it's kind of like, it's, it was your destiny in a way. I guess, but it was <laughs> never, it was unbeknownst to me. Yeah. It, it was like, it was like, it was my destiny and I had no idea. <laughs> if you want to call it destiny, but it's like, cause that also implies that it's like, well, I was born to do this, and it—it it, I don't know that I have—I'm I, like every other actor. Out I'm there. the Bono of voiceover. I just no, 
Oh, yes. No, not quite. Yes, exactly. I'm, yeah, no. You're going to wake up one day and we're going to have your voice on all of our iTunes accounts. No, for the, free. exactly. And that would actually probably irritate a lot of people. I wouldn't, I wouldn't blame them for that. No, I'm going to wake up someday and find out that the phone stops ringing and then you go, ah, they figured it out. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> that's, that's the fear. They're like, they're going to find out that I have no clue what's going on. So what was your first job that you booked after you literally like, okay, I'll be a voice actor. Let's see how it goes. Uh, my very first, my very first paid job, I think I got like 75 bucks for it, was a, a training video for uh, dialysis machines for nurses. Uh, yeah, quite literally. And, and the guy that was doing these training videos, he, he was like the producer for this company that did these training videos, and he liked to have fun with them. He's like, I don't want to do this bland, you know, connect this part to this part, turn the power on, and then the dialysis machine. He was saying, I, I he, he started doing these differently. Like, he would take clips, I'm sure it was all licensed, mm-hmm. and he would take clips from movies and that kind of thing, and, and, and put in, different voices for them to talk about stuff and make it kind of funny and that's what it was it was uh, i walked in and i think i did everything from yoda to like <laughs> trying to do like weird weird things it was uh, it was all over the place but uh, yeah that was the very first one i remember leaving that and feeling like i just got paid 75 bucks to do something that i would do for free and you know i was like that was fun it was just it was it was a lot like stand up to me because it was like stand up is throw that against the wall for this audience does it stick cool you know you got maybe you got a winner you know bit you know it's like and put that in your little you know shoebox of material and then there was uh voiceovers the same thing like you were saying rejection after rejection it's the same thing i walk in i don't know what to expect half the time for what the session might be or what somebody's going to want and you just kind of go all right uh you know how about this you know uh for whatever it might be, I'm trying to, to not use actual commercials, but uh, you know, <laughs> it's like uh, you, you walk in and you make a choice, and then the the guy sitting behind the uh, the glass goes, "No, no, no, man, uh, try it, you know, more relaxed, or uh, sell it to us, or billboard this, or hit that, or could you not do that? And, you know, just do it differently." And you just you you're thinking on your feet, like with stand up, and and kind of just tap dancing and figure out you know what to do is it mentally different for you though because i know you've always wanted to be the guy in front of people talking to people but now you're in the studio and now you don't really have that split moment reaction of whether they like it or not but sometimes you do i think that's what i do like to me it does feel that it's like um i figure if i can make the people behind the glass laugh okay then i'm doing something or you know and even if it's not even a funny you know situation i i still get to have an audience um, and I get to, to move people. I mean, there, there's stuff that we've done that's, that's far more dramatic in its approach than, than comedic. Um, and yet it's still kind of cool to see people go like, okay, yeah, cool. I, I buy that, you know? And then you think, yeah, that'll work great for this scene, you know, because this actor did this and you could do that. Um, it still kind of satisfies that, uh, even though it's just me and a microphone. Um, <laughs> it's still, it's kind of like stand up in that regard where it's like, well, it, it's, it's me and a microphone. And I, what I liked about stand up was that it's like, I owned it. If I, was terrible then or if i had a bad show then that's on me you know it's like there's certain variables but for the most part it's like if i can't adapt to those variables and 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 deliver a good show then that's on me but if it's a great show that's on me and voiceover kind of was the same thing in some ways where it's like look at you know there's i can't handle the writing you know as as much um but uh but if i go in and deliver a good performance and it comes across you know, uh, comes across well, then, uh, I guess I did a good job and I can kind of own that. And, and if it didn't, then I have to own the fact that I was not so good in that one as well. 
But then it's also on the casting directors because there you go. Yeah, yeah. it's always them. Yeah, it's them. Yeah, I blame them. them. Yeah. It's not on you. Yeah, exactly. You're, you're great. The animators. You're great. <laughs> I mean, you know, come on. There's only so much I can do. You know, it's like, yeah. And your yeah. your co-stars like they they might have they brought like, you come down. on guys. they brought you down. I'm tired of picking up you know all the slack here. So everyone everyone has this like constant dream that like oh I'm gonna get that commercial and I'm gonna get the fifty thousand dollars from that one sad commercial. Yeah, yeah. And everyone's like I'm gonna buy a car with it. What was your what was your like impulse buy when you like kind of. Got a job that you're like, this is way more than I thought I would get for this. I want to buy something really nice for myself. I don't, I don't, you know, I don't know that I've, I don't know. Batman's I mean, I car, guess, right? Yep, I did it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I own it. Uh, no, I, I don't know that, like, as far as impulse buys, I mean, um, it was a weird thing. I, I, I bought a house, I think, but I bought a foreclosed, unbelievably dilapidated, you know, uh, god awful home. And that was, like, one of my first, uh, first sort of, like, I'm an adult, I've grown up, and I've gotten this big, like, uh, I don't know, this thing that I'm able to do now that I was never able to do before and that I never thought in a million years I'd be able to do. Um, but I, it's funny, you can look back on that now and think like, oh, okay, you know, that was, uh, that was, that was, that was an interesting time because I, I didn't know what I was getting myself into and, you know, it was years and years and years of work trying to fix that place up and make it livable. But yeah, I guess that was that. But I didn't do, and I still don't do anything o- overly extravagant. Um, That's good. Actually, yeah, well, because again, like I say, I, I know that it's like I, my fear is that at some point the phone is going to stop ringing, and, yeah. and I've and I've watched it happen to other folks where they they go in and they land one campaign or one good account, and they just think like you know that's it, time to sit back and you know go no no no. I mean, it's like you're, you're constantly. I mean, this is also maybe from those stand up days where it's like you're you're only as good as your last gig, and you've got to be working on the one that's that's three months from now, or you're done. And it's like you, I've I've heard comedians call it feeding the machine, and it's like. You know, the, the the people will see the guy go up and work for forty five minutes a night and think, man, that's a killer job. You know, all he has to do is like work tonight for forty five minutes and he gets all this money. And you go, no, that guy all day long has been contacting club managers and and colleges in the town, and it's like, and he is hustling and working his butt off or her butt, and and uh, they're going out and 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 really, really, really trying to scrape together a living. Most of them. Um, some of them hit the jackpot, uh, but even then, I guarantee you those guys feel like, man, any minute now, you know, who's gunning for me? You know, who's the next big thing, and who's going to find out that I'm a sham? Or, <laughs> you know, it's it's a weird it's a weird trait that I've seen in a lot of people. So, it, you know, for me, it's like I I. I don't. I don't have this sense of like. Yes, yeah, so I've established myself now. So therefore, <laughs> it's like no. Bring me the work. Yeah, no. I it, would it like to do this show. Does Just not bring work it that me. way. No, I'm. Yeah. Always, I was auditioning all day today. I'll be auditioning tomorrow. I'll be auditioning Thursday, Friday. It's like you just are always, you know, feeding the machine, hoping that you know the phone's going to ring again. But. I mean, if you love it, you love yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. So that's, well, that's that's the job. I mean, like you've heard people say, like, your job is to audition. That is your job. If your job was to book things, we'd all be very, very bad at our jobs. Because <laughs> it's like, they can come, like, few and far between. All right. Well, let's go ahead and talk about some of the shows that you actually are part of now. Cool. I mean, first one I want to talk about is the regular show. Nice. Um, I've seen a few episodes of it. Yeah. And <laughs> it's it's usually with my cousins up north in San Francisco because okay. they're always watching it. It is ridiculously demented as an adult watching it, and but even my cartoons as a kid, Timmy Turner and oh, like yeah. SpongeBob and all that, that was yeah, yeah. that was demented as well. Yeah. It's great. Yeah, it's like one of the. It's probably one not to badmouth the other shows, but it and Adventure Time are probably the one of pretty much the only good cartoon shows. Interesting on Cartoon Network. Right? You wouldn't say that about Clarence on Cartoon Network. Oh, well, you were on Clarence that? as well. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I would think never that, seen know. Clarence. I can't oh, say well, anything. For it's it. brilliant. So is it? Okay. <laughs> no, it actually is. It's okay. actually yeah. Isn't that I'm, that's I'm newer though? It is. Yeah, it, it is. It literally just came out uh, earlier this year, so it's 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 still new. Well, you caught me. You caught me with my foot in my mouth because I ah, haven't watched go. it. There ah. you go. See, you haven't done your research. 
Yeah. Him out. <sighs> we'll do it live. <laughs> Already, we'll I do don't want to say the F word, but I, I know, totally quit. I'm not going to do it. No, I'm not gonna, we'll do it live. Bring an old Billow into the studio. <laughs> exactly. I, play us out. What does that mean? Sorry. Oh I my love God. that. That's everything. So, uh, regular show. Yeah, sorry. You're, you're Thomas on the regular show. You're like kind of like, I mean, if kids don't know this, I mean, you're kind of like the stoner teenager dude on the, yeah. on the show. And he's, got, the, he's the college intern. He's, yeah. You know, he's just, you know, he's if just, anything, he's, he's, he's the, the average guess, dude. Yeah. Yeah, I guess the other <clears throat> that you were talking about would be more like Mordecai and Rigby, really. I mean, they're the, you know. I guess that's very true as well. They, they they just work at a park. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but they're constantly trying to get out of their work, you know, while working at the park. <laughs> and so, yeah, they'd probably fit that bill. So what's, what is your character, actually? Like, is there he's like. He's a goat. He's a goat. He's a goat. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know if he was like some just beast or they like but came up with random. I mean, they have, they have like a talking gumball machine. So yeah, like, exactly. So like, I never yeah. know if it's actually and something. Yeti. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like the no. Yeti though. I got to ask you about yeah. this. Working with Mark Hamill. Yep, he is a legend. And even as a voice actor, you have to be like, this is like the legend. Absolutely. Yeah. The the the, the day that I the the my favorite story just from like like the Star Wars tie in and all that because I I mean like I was prime the right age for right when all this Star Wars stuff was happening. Um, and, and the first time I went to, uh, to the, met and worked with Mark Hamill, we were sitting there, uh, cause he's the voice of Skips on a regular show, if, if, if there's no context here. Um, I, I had shown up, my call time was like an hour after everybody else's, so I bopped in to do some incidental characters for him, and it was the kind of thing where everybody's already in the booth together, and so I walk in an hour later, and you just kind of sneak in in between takes, and you walk in and say, hey everybody, real quick, and then you get behind your mic, and you're ready to think, okay, what am I gonna do? How's my voice? You know, what am I gonna do? This, that stuff. And there was a gentleman who was sitting down and he was speaking to everybody else in the room and kind of holding court and uh, and telling stories of like old old school Hollywood stories that were like very knowledgeable. And I'm like, okay, I know. Th- I hadn't really seen him when I walked in. The voice was kind of the like- voice, and I'm like, God, I know this guy. Like, I, I know who this dude is right. And 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 Bill uh, Bill Salyers, the the voice of Rigby, was sitting there like asking, kept calling him Mark. And I'm thinking like, Mark, you know, who who are they talking to? And at one point, he's you know looking around, looking around, you know, acknowledging everybody and saying stuff. And then at one point, he turned around and he says, Roger, what do you think? And he put his glasses down, and I saw the eyes, <laughs> and it was Luke Skywalker's eyes. And it was it was that moment where I mean, like it was like somebody slapped me because all of a sudden I'm sitting there like, huh? Oh, and it was like internally, I'm like, who's my grandma? Like, I'm not gonna be able to do this. And uh, and and was just so stoked. And I remember uh, Chris uh, Zimmerman, who's the director on the show. Uh, I went up to her afterwards, and I was like, "Thank you so much for you know bringing me in as like you know Joe Blow VO guy to these guys to say like here's a guy who could do a lot of different voices and characters for your show. This was happened like you know like a year prior, or a few months prior, and." Uh, and I said, to, to, to get a chance to, even if this is all I ever do, to get a chance to say that I, you know, was in the booth with, uh, with Mark Hamill was incredible. And it is. It's, it's nuts. It's, it's so weird sitting next to your heroes and sitting next to and standing next to and working with people that you respect and people that, that you grew up watching or listening to. And then all of a sudden finding yourself, you know, like having Tom Kenny come out and go, Roger Dodger. And you're like, Tom Kenny's SpongeBob knows my name. You know, you're like, this is not right. It's uh it's unreal. It, it is absolutely. In addition to playing all these, like these hero characters and superheroes and that kind of thing, it's an absolute dream come true to get to work with some of these people and just go, man, I cannot believe like I'm sitting next to Rob Paulson, you know, at a Disney table read or whatever it might be and just going, why they have to know that I shouldn't be here? Like they, like, you know, they must have been thinking about someone else, right? You know, they got the wrong guy. Was that like your only run in with him or do you? With Mark? Yeah. Or is he always there? He, well, it's kind of funny. He was always there for quite a while. And then like about like maybe three to six months ago, maybe even longer. 
longer he was no longer at our sessions. We everybody's going, Where's Mark at? And then I saw him like randomly and boy he had lost some weight and was looking good and had a fierce beard going on. We were like, Look at you and we were all like, Yeah, okay, we know what's, we going, know what's on. going on. It was rad. I mean, it was, was kind of cool being in like that little thing, like, yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. We know where you are. I actually uh, haven't seen a recent picture of him, so that's actually really cool. Like, yeah, if he's, he's, like uh, some of the photos that I've seen, you know, like he's looking because he did the ALS uh, ice bucket challenge mm-hmm. and did that, and everybody was like, "Whoa, you know, look at him." Well, that's and, good to hear though, because like that's the thing that you worry about with people who are like icons and like gaining weight. You're like, I, I don't want like I don't want you guys to ever go away. Like, yeah, well, us. yeah, you start, you start to feel like you know. It, well, if anything, it shines a light on where you're at in life, right? That's where you start going. Oh man, so and so is looking old. But I'm not. Am, am, am I? Yet. I, I think I am. <laughs> so you, I mean, t- coming away from a regular show, we'll go back to it in just a second. Moving in with Batman just a little bit, like, that is the guy. That's the Joker. And I, I everybody loves Heath Ledger. Everybody loves uh, Jack Nicholson. Everybody yep. loves the Jokers. Yep. But the voice of the Joker will forever, in my mind, be Mark, Mark Hamill, Hamill from yeah, the yeah. cartoon series. Yeah, yeah. Like. Did you ever throw that at you, or did you ever, like, try to be like, hey, this is my Joker? Like, No, in fact, well, you know what, I want to say that I auditioned for it for another project, like, years prior to this, and it was, I was awful. I mean, it was, it was one of those things where I couldn't, I, I couldn't, I, I just was like, well, I don't know, what do you do? I mean, like, once something is that well established, mm-hmm. it's like, where do you go with it? Unless that 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 you're gonna you're basically gonna take it to such a silly point to try to go in a complete opposite direction that it's gonna be so far away it's not gonna be the character anymore and I think that was probably the choice that I made trying to be like well look at my range yeah. <laughs> look how I can destroy this character for you um, but I I didn't attempt it in in this um, in fact I didn't know I went in for you know for Arkham Origins I went in and, and just was auditioning for another video game mm-hmm. that I didn't know what it was for it was like you know you sign NDAs they obviously typically when they're auditioning at that early of a stage, they don't even they don't even give you the characters' names. So you might they'll call it something different. It's like you're Bob, you know, <laughs> and Bob will say things. And you're like, this feels familiar. Like this has the this has the like the the note of something that's that's established. But it, Bob's you know, talking to his wife. I am the knight. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> Swear to me. Yeah. It's like that's an odd way of. Yeah. It was. Uh, it was. It was one of those things. I didn't know what I was what I was going in for. And then finally on the on the callback for that. Because uh, this is a story I love telling too. The, the callback that I um, went to for Arkham Origins, um, I got a. I'm sorry, I feel that probably sounds good. I uh, I got a call from the casting director shortly after uh, the callbacks had gone, and she said, "Okay, I think they made their decision, and it's going to be you." And at, at that point, I had known what it was because it was like they had changed the dialogue, and it was like at one point you were you were hearing things about like Harley Quinn or whatever, and you're like, okay, "Oh, this yeah, is yeah. Batman," you're right. And all of a sudden, she calls me up and, and so, uh, says, uh, you know, hey, they're, they're going to go with you. And I went, oh, that's awesome. But prior to that, I had texted her and said, please tell me you brought Troy Baker in on this because he'd be perfect for the role. Like, where was he? I didn't see him at the callback. And we and, and we will see each other at, at a lot of the same things. And uh, and she just had replied with, like, yeah, funny story. I'll tell you later or something like that. And I was like, Funny oh. story. Yeah, and he had already been cast. And it oh, was wow. one of those things where I went, oh, okay. So And next thing you know, he and I were getting to share that moment of, of together kind of like, you know, uh, calling each other up and going, dude, wh- what do you think? You know, this could go many different ways because both of us were acknowledging the fact that it's like Kevin Conroy was my Batman growing up, his Batman growing up, Mark Hamill was my Joker, his Joker growing up, and it's and we knew that it was like people were going to be taking a microscope to everything that we yeah. did to be like, well, who do you think you are? You know, and it's and again, it's not like we didn't know that that 
that was going to be going on. I mean, it was, that's why we were like, it's an unbelievable honor and it's a, it's a huge opportunity, but also scary as all get up at the same time. Did you ever talk to Kevin Conroy before? I, I haven't met Kevin. I, I've really? not met Kevin, uh, but I, I, it's like, and everybody that, that I've talked to says he's like one of the nicest human beings you could ever hope to come across. But no, I haven't. It's, it's a funny question. I, I, I think a lot of people assume that I would have. There's like um, a Batman club somewhere where all yeah, the Batmans get together and but just talk. There isn't. I mean, yeah. it's like, and it's such a, it, because it's, business and it's one of those things where it's like you just you know you, you don't sit there and go like well hang on somebody else has that job I mean there's situations that have arisen where it's like a, a friend of mine has something and you go I'm not going out for that that's his or that's hers and mm-hmm. it's like that's no we're not stepping on those toes um, but but this was one of those situations where you're like I don't know something's going on they're going to do something different and truth be told there were so many versions of these these shows and these video games and that kind of thing you just think okay well it's a business I don't know maybe the rights were sold maybe something different was going on maybe that you know it's like you go, I'm not going to, like, take my hat out of the ring, uh, you know, in, in that regard, um, just because I don't know what's going on. Um, but once we figured out what they were doing and trying to just skew it a little bit younger, mm-hmm. we went, okay, cool, cool. You're not you stepping know? on toes. It's just no. they didn't want the same voice yeah. for being it being like 10, yeah, 15 years earlier. For it being an origin story. Yeah. And I thought, okay, that makes sense. It, it still didn't change the fact. I mean, Troy put it really uh, put it really well when we were um, uh, promoting the game right when it came out, saying there were points on the horizon that we knew that those were the performances of like Mark and Kevin that had been established. And we knew going into what we were doing that we would have to kind of like make sure that what we were doing could be perceivable as, okay, yeah, I, I can see how this version of Batman would become that version of Batman. And so that was kind of where we, because we really did um, play around with the voice and the voice print a lot uh, in the beginning. I would say the first three sessions were nothing but trying to find what version of Batman we were going to to do. Because we were trying to uh, satisfy so many different things. I mean, mm-hmm. like we had a lot of live action representations of Batman, and it's like you know the current version was Christian Bale, and so a lot of people you know were were hearing more of the you know the, the, the smoky the, exactly. chain smoker Batman exactly. Which I've always people have always you know what's you know what do you think? And I've always loved that choice. I always thought hey, Christian Bale killed it in the role. He was awesome, um, and I'm excited to see what Ben Affleck's going to do as well. But it's like there were all these live action versions that they wanted to kind of like not alienate that fan base. And yet we had the video game established stuff. We had animation versions, that, you know, of the character. And so they were thinking, let's let's try to find a happy medium of, of all of those things. Okay. Well, you know, I thought I listened to the voice a lot. I my roommate played all the games. He actually loved Origins as one of the best ones. And I think that's just because everyone loves an origin story. And that's probably why Batman Begins did so well in the, in the theaters because it's like. This is new. This yeah, is something yeah. I, I know this story, yeah. but I want to see how they do this story. Yeah, yeah. And when you can do a great representation of content the fans already know, mm-hmm. I think that's what makes a great game and mm-hmm. makes a great story. So it's it's really cool to see how like that was the decision as opposed to like, oh, Kevin can't be here today, like we're gonna bring in some other guys. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's always refreshing to hear. Yep. And I wanted I wanted to ask though, because Kevin is returning for mm-hmm. Arkham Knight, mm-hmm. will you be involved in the project in any way? I, I can't speak to that. I mean, uh, but I, it's the fact that Kevin's already been announced is like, that's, that's not, that's not news. Um, but no, I can't speak to, to anything that hasn't come out like that. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. No, I can't, I can't speak to that in any way. Um, but no, I'm obviously not doing the voice of Batman. A lot of people keep asking, you know, and that I can definitively say no to because well, yeah. we obviously have announced that, that Kevin is, uh, is doing it for the next game. Um, but, and that I think also kind of thankfully took a little bit of heat off of, uh, <laughs> off, of uh, <laughs> off of this where, cause we didn't 
didn't want people to think like you know you're taking his uh, job. Yeah, exactly. And and it's and it's never that kind of a thing. But and it's also you know I, I don't think any would anyone would ever perceive it that way anyway. It's not. Yeah. You know, that's not what. It's not up to me. It's not as if you know. I, it's why it's funny when people criticize you for a performance that you might have done. Um, when you when you meet fans at a convention or that kind of thing, they'll be like, "Why did you choose to do that character that way?" And you want to say. Hang on, not, I didn't walk into like you know to Disney. Go here's gonna be your rip slinger, okay? Because you know it's like it, it doesn't work that way. You audition, you work with directors, you work with writers, you work with producers and uh, creative directors, and everybody. It's, that's that was that part that bringing it full circle that that w- choosing screenwriting as a major and being a part of a production team um, the voiceover fit really well because I felt like. While I'm being hired because I've got these pipes that work for you to satisfy what you need for this particular character, I'm still a part of this production. Like, we are all, your skill set is this, my skill set is that, let's, let's make something together. And it's, and it is absolutely an ensemble, um, collaborative effort to make any sort of voiceover, uh, or voiced performance because I don't draw the, the character design of Batman. I don't write the dialogue. I didn't, I don't make the gameplay. I don't promote the thing. It's like, I'm not, paying for the studio that, that, that we're recording in. It's like, we all go in and, and try to do this together, and, and some far more talented people, hundreds of them, are responsible for making this thing come to life. It's nice to be the vocal embodiment of something like that, because it's it's recognizable, but there's so many people involved that make it happen that that it's like, you just go, hey, I'm, you know, I'll, I'll be, I'll happily kind of go out and, and press the flesh with folks and, and promote this character, but it's like, we're all behind this and all passionate about it, and everybody kind of like, you know, lives or dies by the, the, by the work that they do collaboratively. Yeah, no voice is the first voice you audition with. No, it's always not. it's always the filter of the director. Then yep. like everything, and then yep. it narrows it down to this one thing. Yep. And this is what's so interesting that I find because it, it kind of reminds me of uh, Chris Evans being in Fantastic Four, and then you know I want to move over and be uh, in uh, the Avengers yeah, as the yeah. captain. Yep. So <laughs> we have. I was surprised to see you in the DC because you yeah. are Captain America. You're the yeah, voice yeah. of Captain America in yeah, yeah. the Ultimate Alliance, and you're just like, "What? How does that happen?" That like, was that was an, that was uh, actually I think I'd already had I think it was already doing Cap for Avengers Assemble at that point. Okay, um, yeah, I, either that we were in pre-production or we were already uh, like I don't I don't know if the episode had started airing or not, and, and even that was kind of like, uh, but I don't think I mean. That's the beauty again of of doing voices um, and also doing different characters because they're not the same delivery. They're not the same character. It's not. Uh, I mean, there might be elements of of my voice in different. You know, to folks who might recognize it and can pick up on this little you know fingerprint, the vocal fingerprints that we all have. Um, there might be some of that there, but but it, thankfully, I think it was just more about portraying characters, and and that's the nice part about getting to do voiceover that somebody wouldn't look at me and go like, oh, well, you've already done, you know, yeah, this. So it's like people are just going to see you, and that's all they're going to think. Uh, it's like being vocally stereotyped, or you know, is uh, is not necessarily going to happen. Hopefully, um, and uh, or, or is, yeah, stereotyped. Is that the right use of that? Like the actor, on camera actors are always saying like I've been I'm using the wrong oh, word. Oh, uh, typecast. Typecast. Vocally like typecast. Like vocally stereotyped. <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh, one of those guys. Again. No deep Stereotype. voices allowed exactly. in here, guys. Exactly. Hey, <laughs> that's vocalist. So I noticed you played. Cap- you did the voice of Captain Marvel before you were actually Captain America. Was Marvel. it always kind of a plan to move into that role, or was it no. just kind of like the the seedlings were like, oh, like 
He did that. Yeah. No, I think it's just, I mean, like, you go out and it's, you, you go out and you audition. I mean, I, it really is just all it is. I, I, I wish, I wish I could tell you that there's, there's far more behind it than that. I mean, it's not as if I'm sitting there doing a ton of research because I know that I'm going to walk in and have a director steer me into what they want. I mean, I've done, I've done stuff where you walk in for a, an established character and you think I'm going to do it big just like that. The way we've come to know that character, and the director says, "No, no, this we're skewing to a much younger audience now, and it's going to be only in this kind of a world. So we're going to make it a little more playful." And you go, "Oh, wow, okay, uh, well, here we go." <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's it's you know it, it wasn't as if I went, "I'm going to you know hitch my wagon to the Marvel universe or the DC universe." It's like it doesn't work that way. It's 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 a job, so you walk in and you audition for you know whatever you you can. I mean, it's no different than doing something for Disney or Cartoon Network or or Nickelodeon or whatever it might be it, you're just happy to have a job you know? I think that's kind of the great thing about not having your image attached as well then. absolutely because it's just it's business it yep. brings it down to as opposed to you're hiring a personality you're hiring absolutely just the content yeah and you're you're t- taking your voice, but, absolutely. Yeah. And that's that's the the beauty and the benefit of just doing voiceover. It's like <laughs> again, I mean, I would I, as an on camera guy, I would never get a chance to play Batman. I'd never get a chance to be considered for Captain Marvel or Captain America or Sonic the Hedgehog or whatever it might be. It's but in the in the voiceover world, it's like no, if you if you can ex- uh, have some range to different things and 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 provide different characters to to different uh, different voices to different characters that kind of thing then then you can get away with that stuff which well, is Well you've solidified some pretty big fan bases here cuz you have you have the Batman fan base now I mean you could go to Comic-Con and people would probably pull you aside and like hey who knows I who mean knows? Even or, if they're oh, <laughs> nice try, dude. <laughs> it's like <laughs> one and done, huh, bud? Yeah. That's messed up. No. But no but then you have Captain America which is Honestly, one of the most iconic comics from Marvel. I mean, that is, that's the guy. That's the guy. He's got America yeah. in his name. Yes. And I, I have a friend in London. I'm, I'm going to make you give him a shout out after. Oh, nice. No, okay. <laughs> but no, he, uh, he, he heard about the interview. He's like, what? Because cool. he was super excited because oh, nice. he follows the whole stories of Captain America. He oh, follows nice. all the Marvel comics and he's cool. just like, when somebody can portray the voice in a way that is believable and his son loves the, his son loves the cartoons. Oh, cool. Good. So it's like, if it can be believable and if yeah. you're not like this is the comics and then this is the show yeah. it's like this is the same character cool so like i don't actually read comics i've seen the show i've seen i watched the movie and things like that but to hear that from somebody who's like an avid like very testy like comic book fans can be really really um what's the word i'm looking for combative <laughs> Detail oriented? Oh, interesting. Yes. That's a much softer way of putting it, yes. Um, constructive criticism? That's not the Captain America I know! Yeah. yeah. No, so, I, I mean, and I get that. I understand, like, the passion that, that fans have overall. And obviously, you know, with Sonic the Hedgehog, it's the same thing. I mean, there's, there's different versions of this that, that people come to know and love. And, and when you are playing, that's why Troy and I were looking at, at the, the Batman thing going, man, this, this could go any number of ways. Um, and it could be received any number of ways. Um, but obviously with, uh, with anything that's that, that's that iconic, um, you're gonna get some people who, you know your friend's son loves the uh, loves the series, loves the cartoons. Great. There are. This is always kind of funny to me is when it's adults that are. It's clearly adults that are mm-hmm. complaining about it, who are forgetting that it's like. Well, that's not the Cap I grew up with, or that's not the Batman I grew up with, or that's not the Sonic Hedgehog I remember. It's like it's for a new generation. It was twenty years ago. Yeah. yeah. And you want to go? We're trying to like you know refresh and and introduce to new people, and it's like and and we'll never be able to. No one's ever going to be able to take away your joy of that. Uh, Bill Freiberger, uh, writer on on the Sonic series, the upcoming Sonic series, like talked about 
this, and I thought it really hit home with me. He was saying, no one can ever take away the joy that you experienced on that back then. But what we're hoping to do is introduce it to someone else and give them the same sense of joy that they will grow up knowing this character in this way. And times change, and things need to be modified and refreshed and adapted and that kind of thing. So it's, uh, you know, it's great that that your friend's son uh, (laughs) loves the series and that kind of thing, but I also totally understand it when people are like, well, that's not, you know, and you go, it's funny too because he's British. Well, there you go. Even better. It's like, yeah, how, how unpatriotic of him, right? right? Exactly. Seriously. Yeah. Uh, do you? This is a weird question. You don't have to answer it if you don't want to. But do you ever worry that now that we're making so many comic book movies and we have mainstream actors playing the roles, mm-hmm. that you can lose these characters to the mainstream actors if they decide that they want to? Uh, you know, uh, no. I mean, it's. I mean, it, we call it stunt casting or that kind of thing, where it's like you know they constantly bring in. You know, uh, it was my fear during even planes. I, I the whole time I oh, just yeah. kept knocking on wood, going, I can't. Pl- I was happy to be in the room, and it started off with me going like, I will be happy to be plane B in the background of the bar scene. You know, it's like I I just wanted to be a part of something that was Disney and and, and aviation related, and uh, and yet it kept going and going and going, and you know the director kept saying, Hey man, you're still in it, and like you're still in it, um, and it, you know that was a dream come true but the whole time I kept going well any day now they're going to swap me out for Alec Baldwin or they're going to they're going to get somebody whoever they've inked is already going to come in and then they're going to animate to my voice because it happens and it's also our job sometimes as voiceover people to do that you know you'll go in and they'll for a table read they'll say hey do do your best whoever it might be you know, and it's like because we want to see how that would work, and 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 at the end of the day, you have to remember, like I'm a part of a production company or a production team, and I am helping in the production process, and I'm being paid handsomely for my time, and I'm sitting in an air conditioned booth, <laughs> or you know, I've got you know not uh, starving, no, exactly, and it's like you have young, pretty college girls bringing you fresh baked cookies and stuff like that. It's oh, what a, a terrible job, right? Uh, so you 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 sit there and think like you know this is this is the job, um, but yeah, I, I I'm not worried about it because I think the reality of the way things are still being done in, in voiceover is that nine times out of ten the on-camera celebrities are paid way more than we are for a lot of things and this would not be worth their time um, it sometimes happens that, that it is or they, they have a hole in their schedule that they just go yeah I'll do this cartoon or that kind of thing um, more power to them as long as uh, they're right for the role. Oh, uh, you know, yeah. that's uh, uh, Troy talked about this when he was saying that somebody was asking us um, uh, last year about this, and, and Troy said, I don't necessarily have a problem with celebrities being a part of it as long as they're right for the role, and I thought that was a very um, accurate way of responding to that. Because for me, I always feel like uh, I've met some of the most talented people, you know, behind a microphone, and I've watched... I've watched on-camera actors come in to do voiceovers with uh, a group of just voiceover people. I've mm-hmm. watched the on-camera guys struggle um, and 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 not have an easy time with it. And it, I don't know if it's that they're not wearing a costume or they need the lights or they need the camera or they need a set. Um, but the notion of like you know theater of the mind and, and uh, treating it like a radio play, they struggle with timing and, and delivery of things and projection and working the mic and all that kind of stuff. And it's it's funny to sit there and, and watch some of these guys that have been doing it for way longer than I. They're just, I mean, they are masters of this stuff. And, and to see them do what they do, uh, you just go, wow, this is so cool. Like, like how, are, how are they not on camera? <laughs> you know, cause they're so gifted and they're so talented and they're so skilled and so good at what they do. Um, but then reverse the roles and I'm sure voiceover would have the trouble with the, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm now way more self-conscious in, in, in front of a camera than I ever was. Uh, we got, we got a bunch. I here, know. By the way. I've noticed exactly. Yeah. yeah. Just feeling pretty good. Yeah, right about. Thanks for that, man. Yeah. Thanks. Just yeah. to just Next to take question. off all of Next that relaxation. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that being said though, I would really love like 
Arkham 60s with Adam West Batman. No kidding. I right. would love that game. Absolutely. I think it wouldn't sell as well because nobody would get it, but like the old fans would be like, I'm all about this. Yeah, but that's what kind of a weird thing about like what we're experiencing right now too is that we're in a time when it's like both adults, th- there used to be such a gap. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was like, well, that's for kids and this is for adults. And it's like now that that's not the same. That's that's not true. I mean, now it, it is it is all encompassing. It, it's like well, you've got adults that are on social media. You've got adults that grew up with video game systems, so they are going to play video games as adults, and they're not going to have any sort of guilt over doing it. So the notion that you can, you know, that, I, I think that's where we're at, kind of this like tumultuous time with with who's portraying what character. Because you know, I guarantee you, no kid in the world cares who's playing Batman as long as it's cool. Yeah. As long as there's explosions and the Joker gets his, you know, his comeuppance, it's like that's what they want. Um, and they're not going to sit there and, and and pay attention to you know who this person was. Or I mean, you see it in casting all the time where you go like, wow, that's an that's an interesting choice to to have that particular person play that role, especially when it's for children. <laughs> it, but then that's the adult in you going. You know, well, that's odd because I know their body of work is being vulgar yeah. and this. The kids don't. They know that character once they see it, and they, and if it and if it sucks them in and they love it, then it's like that's cool. That's what it should be doing. That's when the casting is working as it should. It's like Mister Rogers' War Buddy is like doesn't make sense for you. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's like, but you know, and kids didn't know. Yeah, you know, they adults didn't. And, do now and all that stuff. But and yeah. it's amazing because you've seen people's careers fall and then rise out of the ashes with absolutely huge things that you never would have expected from them. Yep. And I think that's one of the most amazing things now is that people can, because we move in a time where entertainment just, like, it renews itself so often now that, like, you'll have an actor who's, like, in a huge movie and you'll never hear from him again for another 10 years. And then he'll come back up and you'll be like, whoa, where did he go? And now he's back and now he's bigger than ever. I mean, I always like to use Joseph Gordon-Levitt as an example because he... He stopped what he was doing, did a bunch of like really underground yep. industrial flicks because he wanted to change what he was yeah. what he was seen as, which is also brilliant on his part. Oh yeah, and also somebody who's you can tell is very uh, cognitive of the marketplace and the how this industry is changing and way, the way that I mean, man, we consume stuff so quickly now, and and the fandom goes so haywire and bonkers for three months. Yeah, and then it's like gone. And then, and then yeah, and then we're on to something else. You know, well, he's like, he's really smart too because he's doing this. Have you seen his uh, his new website? Uh, where it's like uh, hit record, hit and record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I think yeah, that's amazing. It's think- awesome. Yeah, yeah. and and it's and the the. the it, I think it also opens people's eyes to the collaborative element of it. It's like, look, so and so is great at, at writing music, or let's go find people out on the internet that that are really gifted at writing musical scores and have them do this. And then and then up and coming voice actors, which are just actors. He's asking people like, can you provide your voice to this poetically? And then it's like you hear people and you go, this is great. I mean, this could really help launch someone's career or help help them get their toenail in the door and start wedging it open. It's it's really cool. It's it, tough because you have the door, but you have so many people trying trying to get at the same point now. That's, but that's that's true yeah. of anything. I true. mean, it's, you know, this business is so much like any other business in a lot of ways. It's like, you know, if you work in IT and you want to work in a different position in IT, then, you know, you're probably going to be going up against that IT position with a lot of other guys who are really good at IT. You know, All it's right. like... You just got to be the best at it and you got to keep working. Yeah, exactly. All right. Perseverance. Well, we have about 10 minutes left. Cool. So the creme de la creme, what I want to talk to you today yeah, about yeah. and promote the hell yeah. out of because yes. I wanted to kick off with a bang. Nice. Or rather or with a, a boom. boom. There you go. Woo. Nice. Let's talk about some Sonic. Oh, gotcha. I didn't know where you were going with it. No. I was actually <laughs> talking about, uh, what was it? Say Yes to the Dress. The, the, the premiere of the Actually, the, it was the Kitchen, Crashers. Kitchen Crashers. Oh, gosh, thank you very much. I love Kitchen, Kitchen Crashers. That's good. <laughs> deep cut, dude. Deep, deep cut. <laughs> you know, I didn't mention it, though, but, guys, he is a very – you are – 
a very good announcer. Like oh, that's you. interesting that we haven't had one of those on the show yet. Ah. Somebody who a lot of their work earlier on was announcing as opposed to character work, which I find You'd kind be of surprised. I mean, it's like some of them probably were. You know, it's like, but yeah, Sam's address. <laughs> Kitchen Crashers, Yard Crashers, House Crashers, Yard Crashers. There was a Room Crashers. There is no more. Um, trying to think. Yeah. That's church Crashers? No Church Crashers. That'd, no. Be, that'd probably conjure up some very odd. Maybe. They might get a couple emails on that maybe, one. Maybe yeah. a few. <laughs> Bordello Crashers. There, yeah, there you knock, go. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so off the adult subject and back on to Sonic. Sorry, yes. So you're following in the footsteps of Jaleel White, yeah. Sam Vincent, Jason yeah. Griffith. Like these are yeah. These are guys who... They made the character, and yeah. they built up the fan base to what it is today for the yeah. cartoons and yeah. how iconic it is. And you've been you've been Sonic for about five years now, almost two thousand ten. So yeah, four, almost about four four years. Well, four four years. almost five years. Yeah, you're yeah, right. it's Holy crazy. Cow. Yeah how how has the ride been? How has the 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 really fast curling up into a blue ball and rolling with it been? Blue blur. Uh, it's been uh, it's been fun. I mean, again, it's it's one of those things where you go, I cannot believe I've gotten a chance to do all these characters that I knew growing up, you know, and playing <laughs> video games and that kind of thing. I mean, Sega Genesis. Holy cow! I, I the very first time I played Sonic the Hedgehog is when I was like, I cannot believe how fast. It's cool. This game is processing. Like, you know, it's like that's when you started to go like, man, video games are certainly kind of they're going places now. Um, but no, it, it's a it's a dream come true. I mean, all those things are you still just can't believe. Like when 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 you go to a convention and a fan hands you something and you sign this horrible signature under it and you put Sonic or Batman or Cap or whatever it might be underneath that, you just go, I I can't believe that I've gotten to do this. Can't believe you're not lying. No, exactly. Yeah, exactly. You just want to go, wait, no, you mean to hand that to the, oh no, that is, oh, I did do that. Holy yeah, cow. No, no, it's a blast. And it's uh, it's obviously been just as much of a tumultuous ride as, say, Arkham Origins or that kind of thing. The the one benefit was Ezio because nothing had been established in that guy. Nobody oh. knew who he was. You so just got to put on the accent. Exactly. Ezio Dottore de Ferenzi. Yes, but even then, it's like people knew that I was butchering the Italian accent and, and the Italian language in many ways. But um, they didn't care. They loved the character. There you go. Exactly. Well, and again, it was a collaborative thing where we had dialect coach and that kind of stuff that we were all working on, you know, what would the Italian accent sound like, but we have to sort of westernize it, and let's, we call it Spangle-Italian-ish, you know, <laughs> we're always saying, like, it's kind of a blend of that stuff, but, um, no, but getting to do, like, you know, Sonic comes with, because you said, there's all these other gifted actors that have, like, it, people come to know them as that voice, and they get used to it, and I'm sure every single one of them, maybe sans Jaleel White, because it was just, like, he was the first voice that people knew, um, everybody that came along after that would have been like, well, that's not the Sonic that I know. I mean, you, you're gonna get that, um, and and especially, I think it's much more. We make a bigger deal out of it now because we have the ability of going like, well, you know what? I'm gonna get on my computer here and and tell everyone what my adorable little opinion is. Um, <laughs> But all of that stuff aside, it doesn't mean you're not going to go for it and have a blast doing it. So, yeah, it's it's an absolute honor, and it's a ton of fun. We've had so much fun making uh, the TV series and the video games, so I'm very excited. All right, well, Sonic Boom is coming out November 11th in 2014 Indeed. this year. Yes. Um, it's about a snake baddie named Lyric. He's going to destroy all organic on uh-huh. Earth, matter yeah. on Earth using the Chaos Crystals. <laughs> Sonic has to get the Chaos Crystals and stop the big baddie. Where's Eggman in all this? Well, I guess we'll have to tune in and see. I feel like he's uh, going to be an ally. I feel like it's going to be... I don't know. I mean, like, I don't think there's ever going to be a situation where they're an ally. You know what I mean? Because like, there's a contentious relationship there. But no, we'll, uh, we have some fun with it on the series. But the games, uh, that you'll just have to come and find out on the 11th. 
All right, I'm yeah. I'm looking forward to it. And then the show. Do you know if the show when the show is premiering? They still. I have still no idea. I'm actually hoping to find out. Uh, we have this Sonic Boom fan event going on uh, this Saturday, October fourth, okay. in New York City, and uh, we are all flying out for it. And I'm hoping that they might announce something that. But I honestly don't know. I'm usually the last to find out. <laughs> I'm honestly <laughs> the last to find out of this stuff. Okay, and the last question I have for you today. Yes. A lot of people have very high hopes for the game. Yes. And. Fans have been disappointed in the past before. What? <laughs> well, it's just Sonic games. I think it's going to be good. Yeah. Do you think the fans are going to like it? I hope so. I mean, like, I honestly don't know. I mean, we, again, we are taking, we're doing, we're refreshing the character design and all that kind of stuff. But, I mean, everybody that's been involved in this project from the get-go has poured their heart and soul into this. And they are so passionate about this. That's that's that part where it's like you birth out this little, you know, this little game. And you just hope that the, the fans understand how much it meant to you and to everybody that was involved in the making of it. So my response would be, I certainly hope so. Because everybody <laughs> that has been involved has been so passionate about trying to make this the absolute best game that it can be. All right, and can you answer? Do you know if you've already been signed on for the second game in the series? Oh, I have no idea. Have I, no idea. I can't even. I can't. Can't I know. I, I honestly, <laughs> and, and it's like you know, even if I could, I wouldn't be able to say. But I, I can say that I have no idea, or maybe I do know, and I'm just telling you that I have no idea. Uh, I don't know. Well, you know what I'll tell you? What's that? I'll tell you. Thank you for joining us today. <laughs> thank you, Stephen. It's been you. so great talking to you, with Thanks, uh, guys. This has been the voice of with Roger Craig Smith, and you can catch him on November 11th on We exclusively on the Wii, Wii U. U on Sonic Boom, and check out the cartoon when it comes out. Yep. Um, where can your fans find you on Twitter and follow you, and what it's kind of upcoming tough. stuff you got? At Roger Craig Smith. Oh, and Twitter is Roger Craig Smith. Yeah, exactly. I, I kind of came up with it. I felt like it. You know, it's no kinda, underscores in there. That's no. crazy. But follow me on Twitter because I, I on, on on Facebook I'm terrible on Facebook. Hey, I it's, set this interview awful. up from. Twitter. From so Twitter. I mean, there you go. Exactly. No, that's, that's, that's social media. Most of my time. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you can you find me on Twitter at Stephen Lemieux, S T P H E N L E M I E U X, and check me out on all the after shows here on AfterBuzz TV. And if you could go to iTunes, search AfterBuzz, the voice of, click on the podcast, give us five stars, and leave a comment. I'll give you a shout out next time. Thank you for joining us. And yeah, can I, have I do that? Like, we have, we have, a, like, we have like a little Chiron right here. Craig Smith on Twitter. Like, yeah, I'm probably gonna get it wrong. We have a Chiron right down there. Yeah, yeah. All right, guys. Well, thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next time on AfterBuzz TV's The Voice of. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.